Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Salt Life Podcast, Above and Below. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Summer Sawai on with us. What's up, Summer? Hey, how are you? Good. Very excited. First podcast ever, so this should be fun. It's sick. They're super fun. So give me a little bit brief overview on yourself, what you do, and uh, where you're from. Okay. So originally, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Well, a really small town like 30 minutes south of Buffalo, New York that nobody knows. So Buffalo, um, didn't grow up diving or spearfishing or really anything water related besides swimming. So I come from a swimming background. I guess that's kind of related, but, um, before I went to college, my dad just said, you know, what, everyone I'm moving to Key West and you know, peace. So moved to Key West. I went to college in New York every summer I would spend in Key West. So that's kind of how I got introduced to like the diving world. Um, well, originally, Everyone would say, come on on the boat with me. Like, let's go. And I'd be like, what? I'm not going on the boat with you guys. You're strangers. Like, that's so weird. I'm not doing that. So I never went out on the boat when I lived in Key West. Well, for my summer breaks in college. And then after I graduated, moved to Key West for a couple months, had a plan to move to New York City, got absolutely addicted to diving and spearfishing. So that plan didn't happen. And now I live in Fort Lauderdale and I spend all of my free time that I have trying to dive, spearfish be out in the ocean. That's really what I love to do. That's so sick. How was it living like in the Key West? Do you get bored or no? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. So a lot of people think Key West, oh, you know, they go down to party, they do all that. It's beautiful water, whatever. Me, it was just all diving, like dive, dive. If you don't see that side of Key West, it's like you get bored in a day. It's just not, there's just not that much going on. I mean, a ton going on, but more of like the bar scene. The diving is incredible. There's just so much. You can never get bored. Every season has a different fish. It's just, I mean, out of everywhere that I've dove, I still say Key West is like, it's just nothing competes. It's the best. So I loved it. But it's, I mean, it's still island life. So yeah, I'd probably lose my mind living there. There's like no waves or anything. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. You search. I don't know how to surf. So that was not a big deal. How did you get into uh, spearfishing? So when I first moved down permanently, I was like, well, I guess I have to make friends. I'm going to be here for a while. So I got into this friend group and they are just insane and just so good at what they do. And it was like, all right, you know, we're going to go spearfishing today. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Sure. I'll go spearfishing. Yeah, I'll go on the boat. Like, let's do this. And I had no idea what it was not, I didn't even know what a spear gun was. No idea. I just like got out, we're in the boat. They're like, oh, we're going to go shoot mahi. I'm like, no, no. The first thing they said, they said, we're going to go shoot dolphin. And I was like, what? We're shooting dolphin. <laughs> like, are you guys psychopaths? What? And we get out there and obviously they explained to me it's mahi. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's delicious. Love eating that. Let's go. And uh, we're all scrambling. We get up. There's mahi jumping everywhere. They're all scrambling. Like everyone gets in the water and I'm just sitting on the boat like, all right, guess I'm watching the boat by myself. Like it was just a crazy experience ever. And then finally they let me get in and shoot one. And after that, I was like, oh, you've created a monster. Like <laughs> I want to do this every single day. So, oh my God. It's, but they, the friend group I started with, so 
Seaver Smith, Cody Michael, like just incredible divers in Key West. It was never like, it was never like, hey, we're going to go to 10 feet of water and teach you how to dive and teach you how to spearfish. It was like, oh, we're in 80 feet today shooting black groupers out of rocks. If you can get down there, you can get down there. If you can't, you can't. So, so I was like, oh, I'm going to get down there. So I never really had like the basics. It was just, you know, every incredible epic trip you could ever imagine. I was like blessed to be a part of. Did you ever do like uh, diving classes and stuff? I did once. So after spearfishing and diving for like two and a half years, I finally went to Mexico and took a course. So that was the only like line diving I've ever done. And it was great because I was just like not breathing up correctly, not diving correctly, not thinking about safety when I was diving. So after taking the course, it was like kind of an eye opener, like, wow, there are techniques to this. Like people do really, you know, have safety measures. Whereas before I was like, oh my God, there's a fish down, dive. Oh my God. So now it's like, now I can do it. I have the technique. I know how to breathe. I still get excited and just dive whenever I want. But yeah, I did take one and it was great for safety. What are your techniques for uh, breathing up? What do you usually do? So before I wasn't really doing it, but now it's important to just be completely relaxed. You don't want to like breathe too, too much in, too much out. It's more of like just natural, just breathe natural, breathe calmly, make sure you're relaxed. You don't want to like breathe too much because then you're going to make yourself lightheaded and you might think that you have more lung capacity, but you don't. I know a lot of divers will do like breathing practices before they dive or like a couple days before they dive to expand their lungs. I'm not quite at that level of wanting to free dive that much. Um, but I do <laughs> like, I'm just in it for the spear fishing, but, um, I do, uh, I don't do a lot of static practicing, but you know, I just try to be calm, just be calm. Think twice about what I'm doing and relax. I always learned like, through diving courses or like big wave surfing inhale for three exhale for 10 seconds and like just keeping that rhythm going Mm -hmm. and it helps so much like keeps my heart rate down i can definitely hold my breath way longer when i do that it's so it like everybody's different though like that might not work for you but for me it works so that's just like something that i love to throw out there inhale for three seconds and then exhale for 10 and it is insane yeah I think that's exactly what they told us, told us. And now I just do it like without counting, just slowly do it. But yeah, it's really just about relaxing, like whatever you can do in your mind and your body to relax before free diving. I feel like that's like the best because you're anxious and your heart's beating fast and you're, you're either going to have an unsafe dive or you're just going to be unsuccessful in your, whatever you want to do diving. So just relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. Diving takes a lot out of you. Specifically, what kind of fish do you, what kind of fish do you usually uh, spear? Like what's your like number one? So it depends on the season, but my number one, I love Wahoo. Like that is my favorite, favorite fish to hunt, favorite fish to shoot, favorite fish to eat. Um, it's, I mean, it's just the most exciting, like diving and shooting any fish is amazing, but Wahoo is the most, I feel like technical and greatest fish to see in the ocean it's just so beautiful what um what makes it so much different than like other fish for spearfishing wahoo so wahoo are pelagic fish so they just endlessly swim so and they're actually like reverse snowbirds they come to the 
winter, spend the winters in Florida or Caribbean islands or in the warmth, and then they go up north for the summers. But um, they're just so different in the fact that they're just constantly swimming. And you yeah. have to have the right technique. You have to have the right gear. You have to, there's so much tech, technicalities of it versus like, I mean, black grouper is extremely difficult too, because they're, they can rock up and so many things can go wrong. But with Wahoo, it's, it's just so exciting. It's so thrilling because honestly, like it gets boring. You're just drifting for hours. You're just drifting, drifting, and you're like falling asleep in the water and you're in your comfy wetsuit and you're diving. And then boom, all of a sudden it's like the craziest is about to go down in like two minutes and you better get ready because if you're not ready and you miss it, you're like, I just sat around all day in this water, freezing cold for the shot that I missed. So, and it's, they're just interesting fish. Like they don't really, they school up around the moon. So that's usually like what you want to do is like the week before the full moon. That's like what people say are the, this is the best time to shoot Wahoo. And historically for me, it really has been the best time to shoot Wahoo. Um, but sometimes they'll come in schools of 100. Sometimes it'll be one single one. Um, sometimes you can shoot them off of reefs. I've shot them on wrecks. I've shot them in 2,000 feet of water on a float line so or on a weed line. So they're just so interesting. And the best part about it is, you know, if you don't stone them, and in the spearfishing terms, stoning a fish is like hitting it in its brain and it dies instantly, you are in for a fight. Like, obviously... If you're shooting a giant tuna or you're shooting, that's a, a bit more of a fight. But this for, you know, t- a typical diver is just insane because the second you shoot it, you, it takes off. They can swim 60 miles per hour and you're just swimming after your buoy like, oh, my God, this is and you're exhausted. And then you get to the fish and you pull it up, pull it up. Hope sharks don't get it. Hope there's a dive buddy around you to help. Hope the boat sees you like it's just the most intense, craziest, like couple of minutes and then you get it on the boat and you're like okay well let's hop in and do that again yeah that's so epic how do you usually like prepare all of your equipment and what kind of equipment do you use and also with wahoo you use flashers right like the uh silver little flashers or like a like a reflective something so they're very curious fish so yeah so we do a lot of like um i use actually a cd (laughs) so i'm like holding a cd and i'm like oh my mixtape mixtape so cds they really like a lot of people will throw like a spoon because they sink small everyone has their own kind of like weird technique with it but i like the flashers with the cds or anything you know to kind of get their attention but gear wise everyone's different and the way i started was um i had a 130 rife euro and that was my gun so i shot everything with it um, now I have upgraded a little bit. I always, I love Rife. I think Rife is the best company. So for me, I've always shot Rife guns. Uh, there's actually a few Cody who I learned to dive with loves impalers and he has this giant impaler that I love too. But as far as guns, I will use a 130 Rife Euro or a 63 Marauder. Those are my two favorite guns, but it's tricky with Wahoo because their meat is so soft. So if you're using a flopper, they tend to rip off. A lot of people use a real gun with a flopper, normal diving. But for Wahoo, it's extremely important to have the right gear if you want to land the fish. Um, so I like to have a 130, either a single wrap or a double wrap. And that's just like how many times you wrap the line around the gun. Um, for me, I always shoot a single wrap because if I'm not, you know, within 10 to 15 foot range of the fish, I'm not going to take the shot anyways. So I feel like 
one wrap, one or two wraps um, on the gun. I like to have a float line with a float on it. I think that's important because if you're shooting the real gun, you shoot and it takes your gun away and then you're just sitting there with nothing. I don't like the thought of that. So I like to uh, shoot full breakaway to a float line and you're just more likely to land the fish. A lot of people love the thrill of trying to shoot one on the real gun and it's fun and it's great, but I would rather have the fish and sure I'm going to get the fish and land it than mess around with the real gun. But um, I like to shoot a slip tip for me. That's the best way to do it. Slip tip to a shaft, to a float line, full breakaway with a float is the best way to do it. Does your equipment or do your guns like vary on location too? Like if you're trying to go in the reef or obviously at kelp patties and stuff like that? Yeah. So definitely, um, you know, a different size gun and a different type of gun for every kind of environment that you can be in. Um, I, that's why I love the 130 year old because I've shot anywhere like from reef fish groupers to a yellowfin tuna in Louisiana with it. So to me, that is like the all around best gun to use 130 perfect size, you know, usually for the reef, you want to do like 120 or smaller just because if you're shooting, you know, black grouper and holes, you want to be able to have the small, um, the smaller guns to be able to maneuver. But the 130 is perfect for me. Um, you can shoot anything with it. But if you're diving for larger fish like wahoo or tunas, um, you're going to want to use a thicker, a thicker spear gun like the Marauder or um there's so many brands out there that just make incredible guns that to shoot blue water fish, but you definitely want a bigger gun. I would say on the larger side of the 130, um, a lot of people will use four bands. I like to use three bands. I think my Marauder has four. Um, but when I first started, yeah, by 130 euro with two bands was what I was using. Now it is so much better. And I, it's almost ensures me I'm going to land the fish when I have the bigger gun. How do you prepare yourself differently for like different conditions and stuff with like tide switches and like obviously reef versus like blue water spearing is completely different, but how do you prepare yourself usually for where you're going? Yeah, completely different. So you want to know, um, cause it really depends on visibility, like tide coming in and out and, um, with Wahoo, especially you want to make sure that the water's clear, the tides out coming in, whatever's going to ensure you have the clearest water. Um, and with them, it's usually early morning. So early morning uh, bite is the best, like bright, like we'll get out there in the dark and like as the sun's coming up, put the flashers in, hop in and like that's gonna be your best shot all day. And then late afternoon because that's when they feed. So for blue water, you know, you just wanna make sure that you it, the water's clear. If the water's not clear, it's usually like not gonna be the best conditions for Wahoo. So it's sometimes you don't even go out. Um, for the reef, it's it's, it's different because even when it's dirty and it's milky and it's murky, you can still make drops and find fish. If you know you're on a wreck or if you know you're on like a good coral head. Um, so it doesn't really matter as much, but yeah, you just want to like watch the tides incoming, outgoing, make sure that, you know, the waters, you're going to hit it at the best visibility of the day. Um, basically. Yeah. Make sure you have the right gear. If you're diving reef versus blue water. Um, sometimes you can do, both in one day if you're in Key West and you just always have the right gear. Um, but yeah, just check the weather conditions. Make sure it's <laughs> nice, going to be nice. What are, <laughs> what are the different like regulations for Wahoo or what are your guys' regulations for Wahoo in Florida? We don't really have Wahoo in California. So um, yeah. So 
In Key West, it's two per person per boat. So if you have six people, you can shoot 12. A commercial, there is no limit. So you can shoot as many as you want. Um, and that's always great commercially because Wahoo, I mean, you can shoot six Wahoo and make, you know, 2000 bucks in a day. So for commercial fishermen, Wahoo season is awesome. Um, yeah, it's incredible. It's like you can make a week's salary going out in one day and just having like an epic day. Um, and when it's epic in Key West, it is just insane. But that's also an issue because there's a hundred other boats out there. Everyone's diving, trying to fish for them. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, so two per person per boat and then unlimited for commercial. When is the best time for Wahoo? Is there like a, a specific season? Yeah. So for, um, for South Florida, usually they'll come in if it's early for them around September. So September, October, and then really stop around. Sometimes they'll go out to April. So it's winter time here is the best. So they, they love water between like 70 and 80 degrees. Um, so winter time here is like perfect for them. We'll see them like super thick December, January, and then kind of like weasel off. But I mean, you see a few in the summer, like I've seen the biggest ones ever in the summer, but just like 2000 feet of water, random. You don't expect to see one just swimming by and you're like, oh, there we go. Should have shot that. But so, yeah, it really depends. But right now, winter is the best in Key West. Do you usually wear a wetsuit when you're diving over there or do you just wear a bathing suit and send it? So me, everyone thinks I'm crazy. I don't like diving in a wetsuit. So I'll, it doesn't matter how cold it is. Like. I'll just hop in. Yeah, I don't like wetsuits. So even in, I don't mind them, but the first time I dove in Montauk, which I'm from New York, so obviously I'm used to the cold. So in Key West, like people are in these like five millimeter wetsuits and they're going diving for Wahoo. And I'm like, are you sweating? Like I am, I can't, I can't breathe. Um, so even in Montauk, like the first time I went, I wore a five millimeter and I was like, I cannot do this. So last time I went, I was in a three and I was like way more comfortable. And even that, I was like, I don't even think I need anything. I don't know. It's not that bad. And it doesn't get that cold in Key West. But yeah, a lot of people will, I mean, you're drifting. So if you're just like drifting, like literally sometimes I like almost fall asleep. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> just stay awake. Um, but you get cold. So you shiver and, you know, that's uncomfortable. But if you know you're diving for Wahoo and you're not making deep, like hundred foot drops, I'm fine shivering a little bit. So that's just, you just, it's so like constricting and then you have to put more weight on. And then if you're like, like one time I got in and I was like floating like a balloon, didn't have enough weight and there's Wahoo all around me. And I'm like, I can't get down there because I'm floating. So it's, yeah, I'm just not a fan of wetsuits. I'd rather just go in, in my freaking bikini and get her done. I love wetsuits. They make me very happy. I like being warm. People love them. Like even diving in like Cabo and stuff though, I'll wear like a four three. I get cold. Oh, actually, I did do Cabo, yeah, and it was it was really cold. Like we were shooting uh, broomtail. I think we were in like eighty or ninety to one hundred feet, and like the surface was warm, and you would keep going, and it was freezing down there. So yeah, no, I definitely was more comfortable in the wetsuit there. But yeah, California, oh, catch me in a five millimeter all day. <laughs> Seriously, maybe a six mil too sometimes in the winter. Diving for lobster and stuff, it gets so cold. What about safety guidelines? Do you like follow a strict uh, safety guideline every single time you dive? Obviously, diving with like a buddy system is huge. Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. Number one, diving with a buddy. Um, number two is just 
being aware also of, you know, boats around other divers, just, you know, anytime you're spearfishing, especially with somebody new, it's always like, okay, I always like to tell people safety in the water. If it's like a, even if it's an experienced diver, like hopefully everybody knows, like, you know, keep either safeties on, don't point guns at each other. But yeah, usually now it's like people you dive with are experienced, uh, dive with a buddy. The one thing I like with Wahoo, that's why I've always, even everywhere, like Bahamas, anytime I'm shooting full spear, anything that requires a float line, having the float line with the buoy is such a key safety factor. Like if you're driving the boat, it's so easy to see. And then if another boat, you know, drives by, it's so easy to see the buoy. Um, so that's a huge safety factor. Um, just knowing your limits too. Like if you're in a boat full of people who dive 150 feet and you're like, oh, well, I'm, I can try that today. Like, just don't go past your limits. Um, <laughs> just be conscious. Don't go past your limits. Always watch your buddy. Um, yeah. And just be aware of your surroundings. Can you explain to me drifts? Like you keep saying drifts and I, I get it. Like I understand that you're just oh, like yeah. floating there, waiting there, waiting yeah. for the fish, but like explain to everybody how you do that. So another thing with Wahoo is they love current. So when you're drifting for, you know, a fish, you basically have the boat drop you off at one point and then you ride the current down to, you know, the farthest point, like the, the edge of the reef or the wreck, whatever you're doing. So basically with Wahoo, it's super important to know the drift. So you just have to know which way the wind's blowing versus which way the current's moving. So you want to set yourself up perfectly to where, you know, you'll drift over the spot where you might see Wahoo or where the reef is, or um, if you're diving a wreck, wherever the wreck is. So it's just basically positioning yourself so you'll move with the current and you won't have to swim upstream, kick against the current, waste energy, um, whatever you have to do on that. So just, yeah, position yourself so you're drifting down, you hit your spot perfectly, and then drift on. So that's basically like what a drift is. And, and sometimes... If the current's not moving that fast and you're still wanting to drift over the spot, like it can take a lot longer. Or sometimes if you want to, if the current's ripping and you, you know, you hop in, get dropped off, you drift like one minute past the spot. So, yeah. It's super important to set up the right drift. Will you explain more about like, obviously you said the water temperature <clears throat> is best at like 70 to 75, 88 degrees around there. Um, what, what about currents and like the moon and everything like that? Like what, is like the perfect conditions for Wahoo. So the perfect conditions for Wahoo, obviously um, you want to have like a flat, calm day where there's no wind. So, you know, check your wind finder app, make sure there's no wind, like a perfect day, um, no winds. You want to, the week before. So Wahoo are schooling fish. They like to school up and they'll do it the week before, like the full moon leading up to the full moon. Um, you don't usually... <sighs> without the full moon have giant schools, like hundreds of them. You'll see them in like twos, threes. They're not like super schooly fish, but they like to have like little buddies, two or three to swim around with. But around the full moon, um, they'll start schooling up. So you'll start to get like schools of 30, 40, 50, up to a hundred or more than a hundred of them. Um, and that's when you'll see the craziness go down. But yeah, so basically you want to make sure perfect, perfect conditions are no wind, crystal clear water, the week before the full moon, um, leading up to the full moon and yeah, just <laughs> basically that. What's your, what's your biggest Wahoo and how big do they get over there? So my biggest one was 62 pounds and it was actually like one of the smallest in the school, which was crazy because that's like fairly big for Key West. I think like people have shot like eighties. 
Um, obviously in like French Polynesia and Fiji and wherever they're shooting like over hundred pounders, but in Key West, like 70 pounds is like really, really as big as they'll get or like 80 pounds. Um, but yeah, the 162 was like the closest one to me and they, they weren't, they were all like swimming away. And I was like, Oh, I know this isn't the biggest one, but I'm taking the shot. Um, yeah. And that's another thing with Wahoo is like, they're super curious. So you kind of have to like pretend like, oh, I don't want you. Like you don't No, I'm not looking at you. And then they'll kind of come in the second you look at them and make eye contact. They're like, oh, she, she saw me. Oh my God. So the second you even like peek over, they'll, they'll leave, but uh, you never want to chase them. So once I like see them going away, I'm like, okay, just go. Like they'll, they'll be back. They'll be back. What's your, what's your favorite recipe for Wahoo? Oh, oh my God. So for me, like, Second I shoot one, I'll cut it right on the boat and eat it with soy sauce right there. Like I love Wahoo. Like I won't even, I don't even like to make like, well, I mean, I love ceviche, but to me, it's like eating it raw is with a little bit of olive oil. Like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Like sesame oil, the best. Um, I, I won't cook it to me. It's like, why are you going to cook gold? Like it's the best thing ever. But people, people do sear it. And but for me, I just love it raw. I mean, I think it's like the best. It's beautiful. It's marbly. It's white. It's like, it's the best. But ceviche is like my, besides that raw, is this my second favorite? But I like to do like a strawberry ceviche or like mango ceviche. So I love ceviche. You ever make like sushi with wahoo or anything? I have. Yeah. So um, it we got spoiled. Like seriously got spoiled. When I lived in Key West, we got spoiled that we were just like feeding the whole island just feeding the whole island. Like we always, we would come back, Like I, I'm super, I try to be as sustainable as possible. That's why I love spearfishing because it is so sustainable and you like know what you're shooting, but you know, yeah. there are days where you'd come back and like, even if only one person got one fish or two fish, like you still have so much meat. So like at one point we were just getting like ridiculously creative with our like recipes, like, Oh, well guess what's for dinner. We're going to do something again. So yeah, I have rolled sushi with Wahoo and I mean, you just like get so spoiled. You're like, oh, black grouper again. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> so it is spoiled, but I love it. What kind of tips and tricks would you have for somebody that wants to get into spearfishing, not just for Wahoo, but uh, spearfishing in general? I say the best thing to do is just do it and like try to find somebody who's going to teach you and mentor you. Like I just got so lucky that I started with such an amazing group because like probably nobody gets got to do the things that I did starting off. Like nobody was like, Oh, you know, we're just going to go 70 miles out in the tower and shoot Kobe's off a whale shark. <laughs> you want to go? Like, you know, I just got so lucky. So if somebody wants to start out, I would say the best way to do it is to go to Key West. I think Key West is like, cause it's such a beginners as well as an advanced dive. You can find someone like Aaron Young. He does die or he does um, spearfishing charges down there. He's incredible. And he'll take you, you know, if you want to shoot in 10 feet of water, if it'll take you to do something epic, whether you've done it before and he's safe, he's great. He's, you know, anything that you want to do to learn, like just find somebody who will teach you. And yeah, just that's the best way to do it is just to get out there and do it with somebody. Yeah. Buddy system, have fun and send it, shoot some good size fish. Yeah. Like there's so many charters. Exactly. There's so many charters that you can just like go learn how to spearfish because it's such like a weird thing, but it's like, I, everyone should do it at least once because it's incredible. Yeah. What is your uh, Instagram? And do you have like YouTube or anything? 
I actually have been telling myself I was going to start a YouTube channel for like five years now, and I think I'm finally <laughs> going to do it. Um, I don't dive. <laughs> I don't dive as much as I used to when I lived in Key West. Like, oh my god, the freaking I've seen like, and I just never did anything with it. Um, would have been crazy, but yeah, now I want to start a YouTube channel. So to be determined, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to start one. But yeah, my Instagram is just my name, Summer Sawaya. It's good stuff on there. Try to post all the time. Sick. What do you got going on? Do you have any trips, diving trips coming up? So we just got back, obviously, from the Salt Life trip. That wasn't so much of a spearfishing trip, but we did do a little bit of diving in Roatan, Honduras. And that, oh my God, that the reef was beautiful. Um, but I know this summer I want to shoot a bluefin. So I'm trying to set that up with a couple of the rife divers now. So fingers crossed that I'll be getting out there. I did it once before and I went with like Austin um, and Sam and it was just way too late in the season. Like I was making dives and they just were not coming up. So, yeah. And I was, I think it was like September, like it was really late in the season. Um, so I didn't see any, but hopefully this summer I will get there. I'm like ready to go right now. So I'm, I'm really excited. I want to shoot a bluefin so bad. And then, um, I skipped last year COVID and everything, but I'll do Louisiana for yellowfin like in October. And then this year, again, I do want to get to Montauk. Um, I love diving up there. It's just like the craziest, like the most different diving ever besides California, like kelp. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll have those trips coming up planned soon. But yeah, just hopping down to the Keys whenever I can and getting that done too. Sick. That sounds epic. Yeah, my goal is to shoot a bluefin this year too. We have them finally. They're already showing up, which is super rad. I have a bunch of friends that are getting them right now. So I hopefully know. I can get on a boat soon. Oh. Do it. Do it. That's my dream-ish. Well, dog tooth tuna, but that's like halfway across the world. I really, really want to get a dog tooth as well. I'm actually going on a boat trip to Indonesia in October, so I'm going to try to shoot one when I go there. Hopefully, we'll get one. It would be sick. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's a dream. That is a dream. Oh, my God. That's sick. I know. I'm frothing. Well, Summer, thank you so much for coming on, and thanks, everybody, for listening in to this podcast, and uh, hopefully, we get to go spearfish sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.